All right, I want to draw your attention to verse 9 of Colossians chapter 3. It says, Lie not one to another, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So we have an old man as believers that's pretty corrupt, or that has a lot of problems. Our flesh can, you know, do some pretty bad things. But in Christ... You know, thankfully, he saved us out of that. And in Christ, we see, he goes on to say, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So in Christ, you know, there's not nationality or anything like that. Those things, they don't matter. And he, but on earth, a lot of times those things do matter. We often categorize people in different things. And in the Bible, we see that they had the circumcision that was the Jews. They had the uncircumcision that was the Gentiles. And he mentions too, uh, so he says Greek nor Jew. They're kind of opposite, right? You have the Greeks and the Jews. You have the circumcision and the uncircumcision, which is basically Greeks and Jews. But then he mentions another group. He says barbarian, Scythian, and then bond or free. You have like your slave class, your lower class. But let's look at this barbarian Scythian group right now barbarian we're all familiar with that term okay Uh, but Scythian we're not real familiar with I had to look that one up but in the Greek definition of that word it means just basically um I forgot the word that it used but somebody who's just very cruel uh in their uh, behavior it's very similar to what a barbarian is and a definition of a barbarian it means a man in his rude savage state an uncivilized person, um, a cruel, savage, brutal man, one destitute of pity or humanity. Uh, so another uh, definition is cruel and inhuman. So often when we see people do things that are just really horrible, or maybe you know, you'll hear about something in these other countries where there's just these horrible mass genocides and things, and you hear about the terrible things that are done, and these people are just, they're just barbarians. It's like they have no conscience. They just are like animals. And there are people that are like that today. And you know what? It used to be kind of a rare thing in our country, but we're kind of going back to some of that in this country where we really, we literally have people right now that you can almost put in the category of barbarian. These are ignorant people. They have, they don't know anything. They know nothing about God. They know nothing about the things of God. They're very cruel in their behavior. We're seeing more and more just Some of the stuff that you see on the news where you have these people that will just go and just for fun, just beat people up, you know, just, you see that and you're just like, what savage, that's what, that was the definition of Scythian, it was somebody, a savage person and somebody who's just very cruel. I mean, to just go up, I've seen these videos where guys just go up and just sucker punch, you know, some old elderly person, old ladies. And it's like. Who does something like that? How can people just be that cruel? And it's like these people, they have, it's like they have no conscience. It's like nobody's ever taught them any kind of right from wrong. And a lot of times that is the case. And we're seeing today in a world where we're teaching evolution, where we're taking God out of everything, we're going backwards in this country and just, we're seeing just more and more inhuman, you know, behavior that to, Those of us who are civilized, we look at that, we think, you know, what is going on? We see more and more people today 
just shacking up and sleeping around just like, like animals. They think nothing of it. We see more and more people, too, that just think absolutely nothing of things like abortion. I mean, one of the most barbaric things I think we've ever done in this country. And it's not only is it just common, but it's cons- people are losing their minds over the fact that it's becoming a little more difficult in some places to butcher your baby. What's going on? I tell you, what's going, we're going back to being barbarians is what's happening. And we've been talking the last uh, couple of weeks about witnessing to different groups. And uh, there's a group of people I want to put in the category of barbarian. And I think we have a lot of them in this area. I know we have a lot of them in this area. And these are some older statistics that are from this area. But I looked this up a while back as far as how people identify religiously in, in this area. And 22.5% are considered mainline Protestant, uh, 18% evangelical Protestant, 17.5% Catholic, 0.9% are other, and 40.8% is just none. No religion. 40% in our area. I mean, we're in rural country. This isn't like in the city. We're not in England. You know, we're in America in rural country. We've got churches all over the place out here, but 40% of the people in our area do not identify as any religion. That's not good. Now, I will say that probably a big chunk of this 40% are people who were religious at one time because we talk to these people and more and more, you know, you talk to people who don't identify with any church. But most most of these people probably were in church at one time, but have since walked away from it. And so we're not fully seeing this yet, even though it's showing up more and more and more and more. I'm coming across these people that when you go and you try to tell them about the gospel, they know nothing about Jesus. It used to be rare you'd run into people like that that literally knew nothing about Jesus. But today in America, especially when we go to cities, a lot of times when we've gone to cities, the city before and we're souling out there, we will talk to people that have no knowledge of anything in the Bible. I mean, I've talked to people before where, you know, you mentioned sin and you can bring up Adam and Eve and they have no idea who Adam and Eve are. And it's these. And the thing is, our country is purposefully going that direction where they're doing everything they can to remove the Bible from everything. They don't want, they don't want our young people knowing the story of Adam and Eve. They don't want them knowing about the Ten Commandments. And so we're seeing, we're starting to see the fruit of a generation that has removed the Ten Commandments from everything, that's removed the Bible from everything, the cancel culture world that we're living in today, more and more, we're going to see this kind of thing where we're going to come across people that when we go to witness to them, they're not going to know anything about Jesus. And you know, there's some advantages and disadvantages to that. You know, one of the advantages of talking to a lot of the religious people is they know all about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They know all about sin. They know about heaven and hell. And a lot of these people are easy to get saved because they want to go to heaven. They just don't know if they are. Nobody's ever showed them how you can have assurance 
of your salvation, how you can know for sure that you're saved. And when you go and you show them that salvation is eternal, that you can never lose it, that it's by faith and that it's not of works, these people are excited to hear that. It's good news for them. It's good news like it was for the Jews who were trying to work for their own righteousness and couldn't do it. It was good news for them to find out that they could be saved if they would just put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's very good news. But understand, there's a lot of people out there today, they know nothing about the bad news. They don't know anything about heaven or hell. Hell to them is just a curse word that they hear all the time. They know nothing about it. The name Jesus Christ is something that they, it's a name that they hear uttered when people are angry about something. They know nothing about these things. And we've got to understand that a society that is like that is going to have some severe problems. And... Uh, witnessing to people like that. I do believe it's something that's going to uh, require a little more time. I believe it's something we're going to have to have some patience and there's going to be some specific challenges that come up with that. But let's look at a few more verses about barbarians because the Bible tells us, you know, says a little bit about this subject, but Romans 1.14 says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So the Greeks you know, they're kind of the educated people. They're the, they're the civilized people. Paul wanted to win Greeks too. But not just the Greeks and the wise, also the unwise or the barbarians. The people that don't know anything. You know, barbarians, even though they're pretty wicked, even though they haven't been taught anything, even though they don't have any kind of education, they could still be saved. They could still have faith in Christ. Salvation is so simple, even a barbarian can do it. They, they literally could. And First uh, Corinthians fourteen ten, there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. You know why is it saying that? Because again, barbarians are very uneducated. They're very. They don't even have clear speech. There's places even in America today, there's some of these Indian reservations where people that live in these reservations where the government has given them everything. It has enabled them to be so dumbed down. A lot of them don't even really have a language. And that that's sad. And that shows just really how low man is able to be. I mean, we've got parts of the world where people are cannibals where they eat other people, where they just live just disgusting, nasty lives. And folks, more and more, we're seeing this kind of thing in America today. We think we're educated because we have technology. But understand, all our technology has done is it has enabled us to build decent houses and things for people to live in who have no education, who have no morals, who have no ability to do anything. And in reality, we're enabling people to remain uneducated, to remain uh, just living, you know, lifestyles that no one should live. People should work. People should have to go and get an education. They should have to go and learn things. There's, there's, you know, there's, it's okay for us to just expect some things from people. And you know what? You ought to learn a language. You really should. Did you know it's okay? You know, our country used to require if you were going to be a citizen here, you had to learn the, the English language. You know why? Because it's hard to function in society when you're not able to speak to people. And so those weren't racist requirements. Those were just common sense requirements that will enable people from other countries and other cultures 
to be able to live a decent life out here, to be able to operate among other people. You know, it's hard for someone to have, you know, humanity when you can't communicate with them. That's kind of how we get to know each other. You know, everybody's always looking for how we can all, you know, learn about each other and unite and all this. Well, maybe if we learn how to speak each other's language. And, well, we should learn to speak their language. No, they came here. They should learn to speak our language. That's the way it should go. And when people are not able to do that, it's really hard to explain things to them. And it's going to be very difficult. And so we've just got to understand, as our world continues going more and more away from the things of God, this barbarous type people is going to become more and more common. Now, turn over to Acts chapter 28. We're going to look at a story, too, where we can see some things where Paul has some interaction with some people who are barbarians. And I think there's a few things that we can learn uh, from this. But Acts chapter 28, let me turn over there. And verse, verse 1 says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. So notice, you know, barbarians, they're known for being crude and things. But you know what? Even a barbarian might want to help someone that's in need. And you know what? They see these guys, they're in the rain, they're in the cold, they've been shipwrecked. And you know, they made a fire for them. They were kind, they were kind to them. They did something nice. They're able to help somebody that's in need. They, the, the most crude, you know, uncultured, uneducated person, you know, they recognize kindness. They recognize, you know, love, care, and concern and are able to do that. Uh, we see in verse um, 3, And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, they came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. Uh, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while when they, and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. And now that was really dumb. But they're barbarians. And you know what the barbarians believed in? You know what their kind of religion was, you could say? Karma. Hey, what goes around comes around. I mean, yep, look at that. These people were in a storm, and then even though he escaped that, he gets bitten by a serpent. He must be a really bad guy. And you know, a lot of our world, that's their thinking. You hear people talk about karma and all that kind of stuff. You know, but in reality, it's not karma. It's just, you know, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. But even when it comes to a lot of these things, you know, sometimes God allows bad things to happen to good people because God wants to uh, be glorified in that situation. And God was glorified in this situation. Now, what's interesting, you know, the Bible does not tell us what happened in the story, but I think we, you know, judging from other stories about Paul, I don't think Paul left them thinking that he was a God. Okay. I'm just going to assume like Paul did other times when they tried to call him a God. He's like, listen, folks, I'm not a God. I'm just like you. But you know what? I, be, I believe he gave these people the gospel. I believe that he witnessed to them. You know why? Because he was a debtor to them. That's what he said about himself. And I believe he got them saved. So they were, they were simple folks. You know, they're only able to see what's right in front of them. 
And, you know, they saw that happen. They knew, you know, they had common sense. He got bit by a poisonous snake. He should die. And when he didn't, that got their attention. They came to the wrong conclusion because they obviously don't know uh, who the true God is. They're not educated enough to understand a man can't be God. But I do. I believe that Paul witnessed to them. And so understand while people today, while they don't know anything about God, it doesn't mean that they don't have some you know, they don't have the ability to have just common sense. You know, that they don't have the ability to want to do good to somebody. Now, here's where, because, you know, we see these barbarians too. So these don't sound like cruel people. They're trying to help people out. But, you know, a lot of times too, you know, these, the people, when you hear about these just cruel things that people do, when you hear some of the stories in history, you know, a lot of that is because of fear. You know, that's why people can get so nasty with other people. You know, out of fear. I think had these barbarians feared Paul and those people there, they probably would have just killed him. They wouldn't have thought anything of it. But, you know, for whatever reason, they felt safe around them, so they were able to help them. That's one of the reasons, too, a lot of people, they often, uh, you know, have concern when they hear about us going to some of the ghettos to go soul winning. And you know why they get concerned is because they hear stories about those people, and they are. They are very barbaric. Okay? Chicago has a lot of barbarians. Let's just face it. They're, they're so bad in that city. They're so uneducated in that city. They literally voted in Lori Lightfoot as mayor. <laughs> but at the same time, you know what? We've never had any problems when we go there. You know why? Because they're not threatened by us. Okay? Now, they're threatened by rival gang members. And that's why they'll go shooting at each other. They'll, they'll be threatened by somebody, you know, interfering on their territory, you know, when it comes to selling drugs or whatever and things like that. And they'll shoot people down in a heartbeat and they don't care if a kid gets caught, caught in the crossfire. But, you know, when we go out there, when we're just out there being friendly, when we're non-threatening, when we're, you know, we're dressed up nice, when we're carrying Bibles, they're not scared of us. And so even though they're barbarians, we don't really have anything to fear. Now, I don't recommend that you go out there all blinged out, you know, and having, looking like you have a bunch of valuables on you because they're barbarians and they'll probably beat you up and take what you have, you know, but you know what? Most hood rats, they don't want to dress the way I dress, you know, when I go out soul winning, they don't want my Bible and I don't look like I have a lot of money on me. So, you know, I, I've never been... Uh, you know, we're, we're not threatened by that. But it, so at the same time, and I'm not trying to be mean to these people, but we do need to be a witness to these people. They do need Jesus. We are not going to fix the city through the education system. It's not going to happen. The public, the Chicago public schools, the amount of money that they're getting from the government that they are spending on students and it's doing nothing. All their social programs, they, they can build them all these rec centers and gyms and swimming pools. They're building these things all the time. It is not going to help those neighborhoods. Those neighborhoods, they need churches is what they need. They need Jesus is what they need in those neighborhoods. And unfortunately, that city is doing everything they can to just keep things bad. And you know what? Springfield's okay with that. Because if they can keep a, a dependent class of people... A large number of them in the city, as long as they're voting Democrat, they're okay with it because they keep them in power. Because even though these people have no idea what's going on, you know, they, they help them, they know how to vote Democrat. And so that's why they continue really enabling their barbaric lifestyle. 
And that's why they're not doing anything when it comes to the police out there. I think they, I think they want it that way, personally. But at the same time, you know, the government's not the solution. We've got to be the solution. And so when it comes to witnessing the barbarians, you know, how do we do this? Well, first thing, turn over to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. And, and, and again, remember, we're kind of categorizing people. Um, you know, a lot of these things, there's overlap. They're going to help people in other areas. Some of this stuff, it doesn't matter for everybody. But I think especially when it comes to, you know, the type of people that we're talking about. But Matthew 5.13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know what you need to remember when it comes to witnessing the barbarians is that actions speak louder than words. They're not educated in the Bible. They are not going to argue the scriptures with you. They have no idea what the scripture says. They're not going to argue religion with you. They're not going to argue work salvation with you. They're not going to, they're not going to argue any of those things with you because they have no idea. They don't know the story of Adam and Eve. They don't know these things. But let me tell you something. If they see someone who shows them some kindness, if they see somebody who appears to have some love for them, if they feel like you actually care about them and, are, and have a concern for them, you know what? They just might pay attention to what you have to say. And, and again, the gospel is so simple. A barbarian can understand it. A little child can understand it. But the thing is, it's hard to get the attention of people a lot of times. And if you, and if you will show them you care, you've got to be gracious to them. They need to know that you know. They need to know that you love them and that you care about them, no matter what. The Bible says in John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Love for love for the brethren, love for other people, loving your enemies. That is going to get the attention of a lot of people but especially people from a world where they haven't been loved. You know, when we're talking about men who never had a father that loved them, they ne they've never seen what it's like for a man to love his children and for a man to love and to care about his wife and to put uh, the interests of other people over their own interests. And so when they see somebody come along who is actually loving and caring and just showing concern for somebody, that's going to get their attention. And we've got to be that way. You know, it's hard to do all that when you just go out soul hunting. But folks, we've got to do that in our neighborhood. We've got to do that in this community. We've got to be a people that actually care about others, that show concern for other people. And if you're not, if you'll do that, you know what? You might get their attention. Because you know what? Our biggest problem that we have when we go out soul hunting is people it's hard to get their attention. They're not interested. Isn't that what we hear all the time? Not interested. Okay. Well, you know, what can we do to make them interested? There's not much that we can do, you know, when we get to their door, that's going to make them interested. However, you know what? We could do something when it comes to, you know, our everyday life that might get them interested in the things of God. You know, if these people like in here that look like you were going to church, if they see us, 
being the nicer people when we're out in public. We're letting people go in front of us in line. You're paying for somebody's meal. You're holding the door open for people. You know, you're just being polite. You're talking to people. I mean, all the things that we just should be doing as Christians, if we do that kind of thing, you know what? Maybe people will be more likely to listen to us. But unfortunately, even though we're saved, it's real easy for us to just get caught up in our own little world, to think about our own little problems. We just turn on the soul winning attitude whenever soul winning time comes up. We ought to always have that attitude. We should always be being a witness. We should always be thinking about souls. We should always be looking for opportunities, not just when we have that hour or so when we're scheduled to go soul winning. We should always have that mentality. We want them to see our good works. And glorify our Father which is in heaven. And obviously we don't want it to just do that. We are, you know, we're not lifestyle evangelism people where all we do is try to act sweet and wonderful and everybody's going to want to know how to get saved because we're just so awesome. But you know, at the same time, it's not going to hurt if the people that we come in contact with have seen us be nice, have seen us be loving. And if they've seen the opposite, I guarantee you they're not going to listen to you. So we've got to always keep these things in mind because let me tell you, even the simplest of people, they recognize kindness, they recognize generosity, and actions do speak louder than words. You need to be somebody who goes above and beyond. It says in Matthew 5 and verse 43, Ye have heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Everybody wants kindness. Everybody enjoys seeing kindness. And, and everyone understands being kind to those who are kind to you. I mean, if you salute your brethren only, what more do you? Even the publicans do the same. Everybody does good to their own. Everybody does good to those that do good to them. But when you start doing good to those who've done evil to you, that's when you get people's attention. That's like, there's something different about this person. And again, it's not all about just getting people to look at you. But again, we do need to get their attention if we're going to make a difference. And let me tell you, as our country goes more and more down the tubes, as our country gets more and more just consumed with media and cell phones and all these things, it's getting harder and harder to get people's attention, isn't it? You, you've got to do... You know, sometimes you feel like you just got to do crazy stuff to get people's attention. You know, you've heard me rant about it before. You see all the foolishness on TikTok and stuff. People acting like flamboyant maniacs. Why do they do this? Because if they don't do something in those first seconds to get your attention, you're going to go, and then you're going to go to another video. So they got to do the craziest behavior because our people's attention spans that, that much. And let me tell you something. You know, we've got, we've got to do something to reach these people. We're going to have to take the time. We're going to have to go out of our way. We're going to have to let things be delayed for us. We're going to have to put ourselves in situations maybe we're not the most comfortable. We've got to do something because your actions do. They speak a lot, a lot louder than words. And as a church, we've got to make sure we're making a difference. We've got to have a good testimony. You need to understand, too, when it comes to barbarians and people like that, they're not going to understand deep spiritual things right away. Okay, that's, you know, you don't want to witness to a barbarian the way you would a Calvinist. Okay? You're gonna, they don't understand the deep things. You know what you do with them? You keep it simple. 
You keep it simple. Matthew chapter 16, verse 30, that jailer, you know, he doesn't know, he doesn't know that much. You think he was educated in the things of God? But let me tell you, he knew when he saw that the prisoners escaped, he knew he was in trouble. He knew he's probably going to die. He didn't want to suffer the way they were at the hands of the people there, the way they would have handled him. So he's about ready to kill himself. Paul and Silas, they stop him from doing any harm to himself. And you know what he says? He brought them out and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I do. I think he was talking, I think he was talking more than just spiritually. I think he's like, I'm dead meat. <laughs> what can I do? What, what must I do? You know what they said? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thine house. They kept it simple. That's real simple right there. We don't need to complicate these things. You know, we don't need to go using big words when we're talking to these people and talking about how you need imputed righteousness. Imputed. You know, and you can use that word if you want, but make sure you explain it to them. Listen, you need to understand the doctrine of justification and sanctification and all these things. You know, they don't need to know all that yet. They'll learn as time goes on. You know what they just need to understand? Sin bad jesus good <laughs> bad people go to hell and you're bad you need jesus he'll take you to heaven and jesus never did do bad jesus never hurt anyone you know and you be amazed people can understand these things and i and uh, it doesn't take it doesn't take much. God made it simple on purpose. You know why? Because He wants people to get saved. He wants sinners to get saved. Well, these barbarians, man, look at the way they live. They live horrible lives. I know, but God still loves them, and He wants them to get saved. And He made it easy for them to get saved. Because if it wasn't easy, none of us could do it. You know, stick to the Romans road. Just admit you're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. People, they they can figure that out. They can, it's not hard to understand a penalty for sin. Even in the home of a barbarian, you do something wrong, somebody's going to hit you. Somebody's going to punish you. Somebody's going to do something to you. They've all probably been beaten before. They've all suffered abuse. They've all probably, you know, and in America too, they've probably done some time in jail. They've all gotten tickets. They understand these things. And you need to explain the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. It's real simple. You need, they need to understand John 3.16. And it's amazing. You know, John 3.16, I mean, that one verse just says it all, probably better than any verse in the Bible. It's one of the most commonly known verses. Witnessed a guy the other day had it tattooed on his chest and didn't even understand it. Still thought you had to be good to go to heaven. And it was tattooed on his chest. You know, that's just... It shows how people, too, they, you know, they know these things. We've got these slogans. Everybody knows John 3.16. But yet, just the ability to sit down and just think about something and process it in our minds, people don't do that today. And when I did, when I just when I was able to stop and slow down, no, it's for whosoever believeth on him. Doesn't say does good works. It says whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know, this wasn't an educated individual, but you know, when you explain these things to people, they get it. They understand, call on his name for salvation, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that simple. Folks, it, it, it's so easy and people understand that too. People know how to call for help. I often use the illustration. It's like somebody, if, if you're drowning, 
You know, what, what do you do? If, you, if I'm out in the middle of the ocean, I know I'm not capable of swimming to shore. I can't swim that far. If I see a boat, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get their attention. Why? Because I understand if I don't get on that boat, I'm, I'm going to drown. I'm dead. I'm dependent on them. And you know, what, what, what are you going to say? I'm, I'm probably just going to say something like help. I might scream. I might just wave my arms. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get their attention. And that's, folks, that's all we have to do. That's what calling on the Lord's all about. It's not about magic words. It's not about what all the right things to say. It's just you understanding you're in a big trouble. You're on your way to hell because you're a sinner and you can't do anything about it. You can't cleanse your own sin. You can't undo all the sins that you've done. You're going down, but Jesus Christ He's our lifeboat. Jesus Christ, He is the Savior. And all we've got to do is just call on Him. Acknowledge Him. And He's there. He's ready to save. And people get that. People understand. They understand these things. Keep it simple. But also, be patient with them. Hey, you know, so here's the other thing too. You know, a lot of times you know, when you're talking to religious people, so it doesn't take that long. It's a matter of convincing them of eternal security, that it's not of works. And, and the Bible's so clear on that, it's not even funny. Most of these people, too, they understand that you know the Bible is the Word of God. And, and so we, they just it's, nobody's ever taken the time to show them. But when you're dealing with somebody who knows absolutely nothing about the Scriptures, and it is, I've been there before where I've been talking to people where they were receptive, but it was just like, these people are such a blank slate that there's no accomplishing this on one visit. And so, you know, when you come across people like that, you know what, just be patient with them. We've got to understand sometimes we're just planting the seed. And that's what you need to do with people. You know, if you come across somebody and maybe you don't have a whole lot of time that you're able to spend with them uh, and go through the entire gospel with them, or at least, you know, not, you don't have time to help them understand everything. It doesn't take long to give the gospel, but it might take some time to help people understand it. You know, what you need to do is just, first off, just plant some seeds. And first, make sure they understand that, hey, their judgment's coming. And that's, again, that's the whole point of good news. There is no good news without the bad news. And we've got a lot of people today trying to talk about Jesus without talking about the bad news, without telling people, you're a sinner and judgment is coming. It's like, well, you know, and the thing, if we don't talk about that, then why would you even need, for, for the average person, why would they even need Jesus? I mean, you know, my life's fine. You know, I've got plenty to eat. I'm happy. My life's not in danger. Things are going good for me. You know, I'm a nice person. I don't have a criminal record. I've never been to jail. I've never killed anyone. You know, and then this guy comes along and he's talking about Jesus. Okay, you know, that sounds great, but, you know, I went to that church. Uh, the show they put on wasn't as good as the one they put on at the bar. I can get better entertainment on my television. Not, not really interested in Jesus stuff. Well, you know what? That's why we've got to tell them about the fact that, no, they're sinner. They're on their way to hell. And you know what? Jesus Christ paid for this. And we've got to tell them the bad news first. People are trying to keep that out. We can't do it. That's the thing we've got to make sure they understand. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 4, 2, For once, while well, one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Notice we get rewarded according to the labor, not the results. Keep that in mind. You get rewarded for the labor, not the results. And folks, anytime you go out soul winning and you're giving somebody the gospel, you're going to get rewarded for that, whether they receive it or not. Because you know what? You might just be planting the seed. You might be just watering things a little bit. And so whenever you come across that person, and we're going to keep seeing this more and more, who just doesn't know anything. And it's like, there's no way in this short time that I have, I'm going to be able to give them everything. You know what you need to do? You need to just kind of whet their appetite for these things. You need to just kind of keep, you know, keep that mind, just teach them, tell them about, tell them about heaven and hell. Let them understand, hey, there's, there's a lot of bad things in this world and we're going to be judged one of these days. Tell them about Jesus. And thankfully today too, you know, we're very blessed where we're able to give people materials and things. You know, we can leave them gospel tracts as our church information on it. We've got cards where they can go look up our YouTube channel and they can see a lot more videos uh, that can help with these things. And, you know, we, we, thankfully we have these tools. But just understand, when you come across people like that, don't get frustrated with them. Don't just write them off and think, oh, this person's probably just reprobate. They're too far gone. No, these people, there's, if they don't know anything about Jesus, then they can't be a reprobate. Because the whole point of being a reprobate, you had to have known God, but you wouldn't acknowledge him as God. It, everyone, every time we see things about a reprobate, these were people who knew the truth and rejected it. These people, they're horrible. They live really wicked lives. There's a lot of junk going on. But folks, you know, they, they need somebody to love them, care them, care enough about them, and show them the truth. And it is. It's going to take patience. And let me tell you, even after these people get saved, they're going to need a lot of TLC. A lot of tender love and care. We see in 1 Corinthians 3 earlier, it says in verse 1, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? And let me tell you, the Corinthian church had a lot of problems, but you know, and the thing is, as our world gets more and more corrupt, as people become more and more barbaric, let me just tell you, we're going to have more and more issues to deal with when we get people saved. It, we're going to have, people are going to have a lot of problems. And you know what we have to do? We have to be patient. We have to be loving. We have to be kind. Because let me tell you something about them barbarians too. When you get them saved, you know what? They got a whole lot of other family. They've got a lot of friends that are also barbarians. And you know what? They could potentially reach them. If that, if that person will change, if they will get on fire for God, if they will allow their life to be sanctified, we could really reach a lot more people. But we're, as believers, we're going to have to be patient with these people. We're going to have to be... Listen, these people, they're going to be so bad. They're going to be so pathetic. They're not going to be capable of having enough character to just get up in the morning on their own and get to church. You know what? Sometimes, you know what we need, we need to start doing with some of these people? You know, when we get them saved, 
you know, we, I think we need to do more following up. I mean to tell everybody we need to do more on these follow-up cards so I can go and do follow-up visits on these people. And you know what? Some of these people you might need to just go and tell them. It's like, listen, I'll be at your house next Sunday and I'll pick you up. And you're going to have to go pick them up. You know, they should be able to get themselves to church. Why? Did all of a sudden they just now develop all the spiritual character when they got saved? And now that they're just they're going to faithfully attend church on their own? No, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do something about it. Oh, well, you know, that's going to mess up my donut routine, you know, and all these things that I I've got going for me. You know, put the effort in there, folks. Put, you know, put the effort in there. You know, I, I said we don't have a bus route in this church, but you know what? I think I think we need a whole bunch of bus routes with really small buses. With people going out and getting people saved and then dragging their carcasses into church. That's what I think we need. Now, I don't know how we've got a whole bunch of buses out there. And you know what? We've all got, some of us have some empty seats. And you know, we've got the we've got the church van too, uh, that, that we can use. But they're not these people are not just gonna get saved and then just boom, I'm not a barbarian anymore. I'm a good, sold-out, sanctified Christian ready to serve the Lord. Not going to happen. We are going to have to nurture these people, care about these people, and I'm telling you, if we do, I think we're going to see a lot more people saved. And so sadly today, many people who call themselves Christians, you know, they're living lifestyles that are just as bad or almost worse than the barbarous people. And, you know, and that makes our job even more difficult a lot of times because, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff calling people out there, groups calling themselves Christians that you'd never know. You'd never know in a thousand years. And we need to realize if we're going to make a difference, we're going to have to work very hard to guard our testimony and go to great lengths to show people that we're for real. And the truth is, if you're the real deal, you know what? A barbarian can even figure that out. Did you know even barbarians hate hypocrisy and the phony and people that are two-faced? So, you know, we got to stay focused. We got to stay right with God. We got to have patience. And I believe that we can reach these people. And we do. I don't want our country. I don't want our neighbor. I don't want this neighborhood turned into Chicago. You know, what kind of person can just come and steal from a church? Someone with no conscience, a barbarian. And, you know, the more barbarians we have, the more junk like that we're going to have to deal with. We're hearing about shooting, you know, shooting just this week. One of my wife's family members got shot. Who, who does something like that? A barbarian? We, I don't want to live with barbarians. And you know what we don't get to do as Christians? We don't get to have a holy war and just go wipe them out. We're not allowed to do that. So you know what we were going to have to do? We're going to have to get them saved. That's what's going to make the difference. Police aren't helping out here. We're going to, ha- we're going to have to get more people saved. Otherwise, this area is going to turn bad and I don't want that to happen. And we're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to be salt. And we can do that by spreading the gospel to these people. So let's make a difference. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I pray you'll help us to take this message to heart. I pray to your Lord you'll just give all of us a burden for the people in this community. And help us to make a difference, Lord. Help us to witness to as many people as we can. Lord, help us to have the patience uh, with people uh, who uh, maybe don't get saved right away. Or even people who do get saved. I pray you'll help us to have patience to work with these people and uh, uh, to get them in church and to get them uh, living a life for you so we can uh, see some real change uh, for the good in this community. In your name we pray. Amen.